it's almost like they're like my when you're saying that I'm thinking like it's like they're my vulnerability mm-hmm. they're the only thing that can be taken away from me mm-hmm. that I would care about right you know right where I think like I hate ta- I hate like uh, talking and feeling like you're like bragging you know yeah. but I feel like I've made it through my life with people leaving and people saying that they've never been proud of you and people right. you know uh I, i've you know I've, I've had that happen and i've just gotten through it yeah this is something where like those dogs are my everything yeah and a lot of people don't get it and that's totally normal yeah um but i just feel like it's my trigger point i'm megan armstrong Welcome to Life Six Feet Above. Six Feet Above was created when I started to share my story of spending 16 years wanting to be six feet under to now living a life full and happy six feet above. The more that I started to talk about my journey, my struggles, and my past, the more I realized people were genuinely interested and not judgmental at all, which is what I'd feared for so long. In fact, Other people wanted to talk about their story as well, and for some reason they trusted me to do so. So the Six Feet Above podcast is my way of helping to share other people's stories, finding out what works for them to create a life of happiness. Before we start this episode, I want to let you know it has some explicit language and some very serious subject matter. It may be triggering or sensitive to certain people. Please listen with discretion. This is Gretchen's story. Welcome back to the Six Feet Above podcast. We are in season three, episode 24, and I am so freaking excited because we're adding video and we are now on YouTube and I am sitting across from um, Gretchen Clark and I have, oh God, I can't even remember when we met. I think probably four or five years ago. Yeah. Better like known as better known as GB Clark, right? <laughs> yeah. What does I B- don't know if people know my name. What does sometimes. B stand for? Brewer. Brewer. It's my middle name. Is that a maiden name from your mom or yep. something? It, okay. it is. Yes. All right. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for being the first guinea pig with the the video as well. <laughs> um, and is this your first podcast? It is. Are you nervous? My feet are sweating a little are bit. They? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm always sweating, but extra sweaty today. Yeah. Well, granted, it's like. 80 degrees out in the middle of February still. True. So there's that. It's very there's confusing. That. Um, so you're you're one of those people that, um, you know, I know of, and I've never gotten to really know. But over 2020, um, you know, we started following each other on Instagram years ago when I met you at Sculpt House and, you know, just in the local community. Um, you are one of those people that I followed in 2020 that in a shitstorm of a year, um, really made it a success and I'm sure it wasn't easy but you somehow found a way to turn a terrible year into basically what your purpose is and you were able to quit your job which is kind of incredible so props to you for that props to you for being inspirational Um, I think we can either take bad situations and use them as an excuse for a long time or we can use them as um a way to light a fucking fire under our ass and you're a living breathing example of that so 
Thank you for just being a strong female in the community. Yeah. For saying that. Yeah. So tell me where you are from originally. Um, I'm actually from Vermont. Okay. A lot of people don't even know that that's a state. Well, I was going to say. <laughs> that, like, is that a city? <laughs> that was me with Nebraska. My, my, cousin, my cousin married a guy from Nebraska. I'm like, what city is that, is that in? A He's city? like, Meg, that's a, that's a state. I'm like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I say New England sometimes, yeah. and people are like, oh, you're from England? Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm not. But whatever. <laughs> so I'm from Vermont. <laughs> okay. Vermont. For some reason, I thought you're from Maine. Um, well, I'm actually, I lived in Vermont until I was like 12, I think, and then moved to New Hampshire. Got it. So, which is very close to Maine. Yeah. So pretty much the same thing. Pretty much the They're same. They're all the same. Yeah. And how did you end up in Atlanta? So I, my first year of college, I went to Keene State, okay. which is in New Hampshire, yeah. was in my home, was in the town that I was living in for a year. And then I literally closed my eyes and pointed to a beach in Myrtle Beach and went to Coastal Carolina. Really? So yeah, didn't know anyone, just kind of picked up and went there and then uh after i graduated school i moved to charlotte and then uh my had a promotion that okay. brought me down that brought to, atlanta. You to atlanta yep so did you pick a beach because the weathers are so terrible in New um England? Yeah. yeah and I, yeah pretty much and i'd like i mean i'd been to places before but myrtle beach just sounded like <laughs> heaven and i was now, like heck yeah and now you're like ooh, myrtle beach tastes <laughs> so great and now i'm like ooh, that's yeah. dirty myrtle <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. so i'm from upstate new york so oh, okay I'm very okay. familiar with those types where of winters near syracuse oh okay i've got family in south of syracuse. saratoga and all up there but i lived in boston for a year <clears throat> oh, okay. and then um i had friends that uh one of my closest girlfriends oh gosh she's from new hampshire somewhere i can't remember where but um nashua manchester nashua yep that's it that's yeah. about it yeah you're like that's all there is only a couple you can choose from. <laughs> um, so you grew up in Vermont in a what type of, of household? Like, were your parents married at a young age? Were they, when did they have you? How, do you have brothers and sisters? Let's just jump into it. Sure. So um, they're like, I always say to people, I didn't grow up poor. Like I had food on my table. I was able to play sports and mm-hmm. such, but it wasn't. I guess you would say middle class. I don't know. Yeah. It was, you know, just grew up in a little ranch in Vermont. And then when we moved to New Hampshire, we had, you know, a bigger house, but um, just very normal, yeah. I guess. You know, I have two brothers and I have a brother and a sister. They're both older than me. My sister's eight years older than me. She's like a professor, PhD, extremely oh, wow. smart. Went to grad school at Princeton, full boat, like wrote a book, all that kind of oh, stuff. Really set the yeah. tone for you guys. <laughs> yeah, I was like, thanks. Really, thanks. And then uh, my brother, <laughs> he's like a year and a half older than me. He was just got out of the army, uh, car mechanic, wow. like that. And then there's me. And my brother's very quiet. My sister's very quiet. And I'm kind of like the black sheep. I'm just like, <laughs> ah, like, what's up? Um, but yeah, my uh, parents were married. Um, Dad's a firefighter, mom's a paralegal. Okay. Um, and then in the seventh grade, they told us that they were getting divorced. Didn't mm-hmm. actually divorce or separate until I went away to college. I was the last one. So Really? Yeah. It was from... Um, so like seventh grade is what, 12 or something or 13? Yeah. Somewhere around there. Something so like, like for that. For good five years, yeah. they were just... Like you knew they didn't want to be together, but yeah. they were still together. <laughs> yeah. It was, um, it's funny when anyone asks about... It because it was just so normal to me. Right. Like my parents didn't speak. We didn't have family dinners. Like really? we didn't. Um, my dad's a firefighter, so he would work. Right. You know, like overnight yeah. and stuff, and he would come home in the morning, and it would, 
Yeah, they just, uh, they really didn't like each other. <laughs> well, at this point, your sister was already out of the house, yep. right? Yep, so she's didn't... at college. My brother's at, uh, like, mechanic, well, not in the seventh grade. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not good at math. He was somewhere eighth, ninth grade. He was grade, somewhere. Something like that. Yeah. But your sister was out of the house. Yeah. So you didn't have that. Yep. So what, um, like, how did, and, and for you, like, you say that's normal, and everything's normal growing up, right? However yeah. we grow up is the way that's normal, and then we get to be adults and we think that everyone else is weird mm -hmm. because they didn't grow up the same way we did. Yeah. In reality, it's like, well, if you're not a little weird, you're weird. Yeah. Um, so what dynamic did you have with your brother? Cause he's kind of the only one in your house, your parents aren't speaking. So what was your dynamic with your brother, with your mother, and then with your dad? Yeah. So my brother, he's very, like, my brother's hilarious, um, but he's very quiet. Mm -hmm. Like, he'll, if you're in a room with him, he'll say, like, a couple words, and they're always really funny. He's very shy. Yeah. Um, but he was my big brother, right? So, and we were so close in age, so I think there was a little bit of, like, oh, I, like, fucking hate you, but, like, yeah. I'm going to protect you, and I'll, right. like, beat anyone's right, ass right, who, right. like, touches you sort of thing. Um, like, my high school boyfriend cheated on me, and um, oh, that didn't go well. But um, <laughs> so there's, like, you know, there's that dynamic. Like, I know he's my big brother. He would run through a brick wall for me, and, and same. But there's, uh, like, we were so close in age, and it's, like, a – it wasn't a weird dynamic. It's just, like uh, – A protection sort of thing? Yeah, a but, bit? like, without, without it being said. Right. There's no, like, I love you. I will go through the ends of the earth with you. It was just kind of, like, known. So did you ever have any, like – emotion in the house it sounds like your parents weren't really you know talking or loving each mm -hmm. other I think we learn a lot from what our parents do um, yeah. whether they're with a spouse or whether they're just around their friends mm -hmm. so were they emotional at all towards you um not it, it wasn't like so here's the dynamic of like my dad right he's like a six four handlebar mustache oh, yeah. bald, like kind of like jaw you've probably seen pictures yeah, of him on yeah. Instagram like he He's like the most loving, like when he picks me up from the airport, when I would fly in from uh -huh. coastal, he would be crying. Okay. Like he's a very like, You're fine. like loving, um, man and like gentle, like yeah. giant sort of thing. And then my mom is very like independent, hard, mm. not, um, emotionally giving, I guess. I don't know if that's how you would say it, mm -hmm. but very, um, just like hard. Yeah. You know, just not kind of like um almost like like just kind of going through the rhythm of life um yeah right could say that yeah, yeah. she's she's quite um i never want to like throw my mom under the bus sure, and drag course, her name through the course. dirt but it, it, she's just she's a little difficult yeah yeah which uh so i think the truth. some you know i i grew up in um a family where my parents really did adore each other mm. but i hated them ah. um so i think it can you know kind of go both ways even if your mother is very maternal mm -hmm. you can still really not want to be around her and, and yeah. really dislike her so you know you didn't maybe you didn't have the best example of motherly love growing up sure but she was still there yeah she was sure. still there she would drive and... me to all my soccer practices right. she would give up her weekends to be with you know to be doing all of that my dad was working so my mom was way more involved in like my like I, I played soccer my whole yeah. life I, I played on all these club teams and everything um and she was that was her, you know, maybe that was her love to me. It was just the 
the time and she reminds me of that all the time mm. how much time she gave up for me so do you remind her that it wasn't your choice to come into this world no I remember saying that when I was like 15 or 16 to my parents and I'm like it's not my fault you brought me into yeah. this world like sorry I, yeah. you know you did this mind yeah. you yeah yeah so. um so it took him several years to finally get divorced so <clears throat> yeah. what did that look like um it's funny uh, I talked to my, you know, I was talking to my five best friends, yeah. you know, everything in and out about me um, before I came here. And I just, I think that I black things out mm-hmm. that not necessarily I don't want to deal with, but that I just don't care to like remember yeah. or think about or really like dive deep into because I just never have and never really saw the purpose. Right. But um, I just remember, you know, so in the seventh grade, they sat us down said that they were going to get divorced and we were like, okay. And I think I also have a really bad memory, but I also, I just remember being like, okay, like when I remember like, you know, driving to school with my brother and being like, so like, well, when is this going to happen? Right. Year after year after year. And we're like, okay, I guess they're just, you know, I think it had a lot to do with like money and Mm -hmm. making sure that they could both like afford a place to live, that kind of thing. So, uh, and then when I went away to college, they, you know, they got divorced my dad had to foreclose on the house. So they um, waited until you went away to college. Yeah. Have you asked, ever asked them if they waited because of that? Because no, you were still in the house? And that actually brings up a really good point. It's <laughs> like, we've, we don't talk about it. Okay. I think that's kind of how I was raised. Yeah. Is you just, you just don't talk about it. Yeah. You just, you don't, uh, my mom hates confrontation. Mm-hmm. I love confrontation <laughs> so it doesn't really work that well but um yeah like actually when I was home for Christmas this past year yeah uh my it was like one of the first times my dad and I ever had like a true heart to heart about like my relationship with my mom and all the you know bullshit that went down yeah. and he like cried his eyes out because he just he didn't know and like right. we just didn't we just don't talk about it. Right. It's like the thing. It's like, oh, like, yeah, you just like brush that under the rug. Like, which uh, this goes for so many people, mm-hmm. right? You don't talk about it. So quote unquote, therefore it didn't doesn't happen. exist. Yeah. It didn't happen. But mm-hmm. you learn as you get older that those traumas are with you forever. Yeah. And until you're ready to like expose them and deal with them and it's painful, mm-hmm. but until you're ready to, to do that and make changes in your own life, so that you don't repeat those same patterns or whatever, you know, it's really, it's always there. Yeah. So I I always say like, everyone's got a, everyone's got a story. Everyone's been through something. Nobody gets through growing up unscathed. Like everyone's been through something, but what you do with it counts. So when do you think you finally kind of took a good look at the trauma that you went through? Cause it was, different not dealing with the emotions and stuff yeah as an adult like when do you think that I do you think it was when you talked to your dad this most recent time where you actually like opened up emotionally um no I would say um you know when I first got to college so when I first got to coastal Mm -hmm. I met my now five best friends okay and you know it was at a time in my life when I wasn't talking to my mom there were some harsh words there was a lot of just shit mm-hmm. um and I remember one of my best friends Taylor just being like I can't believe you don't want to jump off a bridge right now mm-hmm. and um you know if it like I get so emotional when I talk about them because they literally got me through you know shit yeah that was my life but um I I think I've always known that like like the relationship with your mom is 
that's your mom yeah. you know what i mean and when it's estranged or hard or uncomfortable it's like that affects you as a young woman who mm-hmm. just picked up and moved to a brand new city alone like when i moved to college <laughs> i didn't know anyone yeah and I, it was a brand new city i was you know a, a three-hour plane ride from right, my family right and uh so i th- to answer your question i think that i've always like known that it was something but i've really just focused my energy on other things on other things and it's probably why i have like an addiction to working right <laughs> but right you know everyone deals with things differently but um uh, to answer your question I, I i think i've always known that there was like issues mm-hmm. um and that my life and it's from you know people telling me like oh my god like wait what that's like, not normal that's or not that's, normal yeah. oh my gosh i thought you were this like silver platter spoon girl like yeah. you know what i mean and i don't know if i did a really good job of hiding it or if i just put my head down and got to fucking work right and distracted right. myself but um i think i've always known that there's just like a little different right about me so or something did, did you put yourself through college oh yeah 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 i worked probably 40 hours a week as a bartender okay um like out of my, my friends, you know, their parents gave them money and that's amazing. I didn't have that. Like mm-hmm. I was financially cut off as soon as I left. Um, I've been working since I was 15, like under the table at a jewelry store. It worked at Panera. Shout out. Best place on the yeah. planet. My favorite <laughs> job. Love an assembly line. It's weird. Um, but yeah, I've always just been a, uh, I've always had, I, I didn't have a choice. You know, there, there's people who maybe they like to work or they, you know, work here and here. I didn't have the choice. If yeah. I didn't work, I wasn't paying my rent. I had a car. I had, you know, I, I had to buy my food. Right. I didn't have that. Um, I was never given anything. I was never, hey, if you can't pay your rent, just give me a call. Right. No. Like, right. if you can't pay your rent, then you're going to get evicted. So <laughs> that's, th- there's just never been another choice. I've never known anything different. And you worked in high school, basically, too, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. And is that, do you think you work so much because... Um, maybe you didn't have the fan, like looking back and hearing your other, your friends say, Oh, that's not normal. Like maybe because you didn't have that family dynamic, um, like filling space or something. I mean, you know, when I was 16, they're like, Oh, you want a car? Like go buy one. Mm. So, you know, I made five twenty five at dollars an hour at Panera (laughs) and (laughs) worked real hard. Made it work. (laughs) Made it work. And my car, uh, my first car was a sob. And if it went, you know, like a, like a, you know, and if it went over uh, 45 miles an hour, like shake Shake, violently because, you know, the alignment was off or whatever. So super awesome driving to school. Real safe, especially in like two feet of of ice. Of ice. You're like, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So you get to college and you meet these girls that basically become your family because it sounds like you never had that family dynamic within your own family. Yeah. And I mean, I, I like knew, you know, mm-hmm. that like, this is my family. Like, you know, I knew my, my parents were my family and I had a brother and a sister. It was just, ne- you know, I always got so like jealous right? when people's parents would come visit them or people's siblings would come visit them at school. And, you know, they, their parents hosted graduation parties mm-hmm. and that just wasn't my life. Yeah. And it's fine. Like I always... And I think that's part of like my problem, but I'm always like, Oh, it's fine. <laughs> right. Like it's fine. Right. It, that's just what it is. I never, I'm never like, I hate people who play the victim. Yep. I hate people who complain. I hate people who blame other mm-hmm. people. Like I am the way I am 
perhaps because of things that have occurred in my life, but it's not like, I never think like, oh, that happened to me. Right. So like I can blame my shithole attitude on them. Right, 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 right. Did you ever, when, when people would come visit your friends and mm-hmm. their families and whatever, did you ever have this like, what was me more moment where, you know, you see them hugging and kissing and they say, I love you. Like, did you ever crave that? Or was it just like, this is the way it is? Um, I think I was just like, this is the way that it is. Like, this is a really weird example, but you know, when you're in, maybe, maybe you do when you're in high school, mm-hmm. right. And, uh, you go out to eat with your mm-hmm. parents or your friend's parents and they like the parents are like, Oh, Gretchen, like, yes. what do you need here? Yeah. I'll pay for it. No worries. Blah, blah, blah. Like my parents never took my friends out to dinner. Right. Like it wasn't that, like we didn't have people at our house. Like we didn't have, you and host sleepovers no, and stuff. No, okay. I remember I did once and my black lab got hit by a car <gasps> and it was like the worst fucking thing that oh. happened in my life. It was, Oh my God. So maybe that like tainted right. it, but jeez. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it like it just wasn't I I like you're saying. I don't really know if I knew that something was off or just different, mm-hmm. but it was just very like me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I do. And it's it's kind of like again, we talked about this before. It's like growing up, whatever you go through, that's your normal. Mhm. That's your normal, but you realize later in life, like, oh, maybe it wasn't so normal. Maybe, maybe I need to like, maybe, sorry, that ice is totally melted. Oh, okay. I also, so not only did we add um, YouTube to this season, but everyone gets a cocktail. So I'm like, I basically need a green room too. Mm-hmm. Like, when yeah. is that going to happen? Yeah. Or like, it'd be cool if we could like record at like a bar once Literally, or something. Right, like, you know, right. be in public. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you're, you're at Coastal. You've got these five best girlfriends. You are hustling. You're working. What did you? <laughs> go to school for what was your degree in uh business marketing okay mm. yeah right. didn't and- do that well <laughs> not a school girl uh, not a <laughs> you know <laughs> dressed up as one for where's britney for where's britney free britney hashtag yeah. free yeah, britney seriously. um what so you're <laughs> <laughs> great podcast maybe great, great. maybe the drink was a bad idea no yeah. i'm just kidding um so you're at coastal yeah. And you're working. Yeah. And your your major is business oh, marketing. Oh, business marketing. Yeah, yeah. So not a school person. Yeah. Like, don't, don't like to read. Don't really know how to read. Not that great of it. Um, but I just want everyone to know, don't uh, choose maybe not to send your kids to Coastal right. Carolina because that's where people retire. So they're like retired professors who don't give a shit. Right. And they, like, we would write papers and they would all be the same. We would just copy and paste from each other. And they would put like a hundred percent, like little smiley face sticker on it. And you're just like, what the fuck? (laughs) And I'm in fourth grade. And what is going on? Did you go home to visit at all? I, so not, this isn't good. I see my parents once a year Mm. and I have since I went away and, um, could be my fault. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it's actually funny. In the last three years, my parents have visited me more. Mm. But my parents also don't have the financial ability to just jump on a plane yeah. and come visit me. Yeah. And, you know, so I can't really hold that against them. Um, so I would go home for the holidays. You know, I'd fly home right. for Thanksgiving and Christmas, you know, obviously I'd pay for right. it. Like, here's another thing. 
that is totally off topic. But like when I go, since I have been in, uh, like, like since I've been like eight, how old am I? Uh, since I went away to college, when I come home and I go to dinner, yeah. I pay. Mm. And when my, when I'm around my parents, when we go to the grocery store or something, I usually pay. Mm-hmm. And not that everything has to do with money, but there's, that's a different topic. Yeah. Um, we but can I go just, there. I just wanted to, it's, um, it's, I didn't know it was odd until yeah. so many people told me that it was odd. Right. And, right. um, I did don't you, know my point. Why, did, why did you feel responsible to pay? Why do you feel responsible to pay? So I, th- without like, you know, just again, dragging my mom's name right, through the right. dirt. A lot of our relationship is built on guilt mm-hmm. that I've learned. And I, to like sum up my mom, mm-hmm. she doesn't know if her parents are dead or alive. She mm-hmm. has four sisters. I've never met them. She doesn't know where they live. Wow. So she's never really had a relationship with her parents as an adult. Okay. So I don't really think... I think she struggles with that Mm -hmm. and doesn't know how to do it. Mm -hmm. So there's, and I don't like to say this myself, but my friends will say it all day long is there's a lot of jealousy from your mom. Yeah. Yeah. Like she'll unfollow me on social media a lot Mm. and like block me. And then I'll ask why. And she'll say, I just can't stand to see you doing all these things. And because she's upset she didn't have that growing up or doesn't have that success or something. Something's going on, right? So she has very bad depression. Okay. She has seasonal depression. She lives alone. She's never mm. been remarried. And it's been a lot of, um, you know, like I, this is going off topic again as always, but I, um, I've done a lot of cool things in my life. Mm-hmm. I've done a lot of what I consider successful things. And it's, I have never like been able to brag to my mm. mom and I've, and that's very odd. Yeah. That's a very like weird. And I don't mean to like complain or like say, Oh, you can't brag, no, but blah, blah, blah. Your... But like, it's, it's a weird, that's the dynamic. Yeah. Right. So when, so co- what we talk about and I, you know, I financially support her mm-hmm. and that's fine. But you know, every single conversation that we have is, Oh, I wish I could, go to Hawaii. Oh, I wish I could do that. Well, I would do that, but I can't afford it because I don't make enough money. And it's so when someone says that to you all the time and you know that you do well for yourself, it's really hard for me to sleep at night knowing that my mom can't afford her prescriptions when I'm here about to buy a Range Rover. Right. right. So it's, I don't know any other way to feel than right. guilty. Yeah. So that, which makes total sense. Um, it sounds like she is living in the poor me mentality that you hate so much. Right. Yeah. So you're complete opposites, <laughs> but there's something that still you feel responsible to help her because she's your fucking mother. Right. Exactly. You know, but on the other hand, your mom, the, per, the, the human being that literally brought you into this world doesn't support you the way a mom quote unquote should. So there's this like weird dichotomy, this weird, like, it's almost like, you know, two totally opposite ends of the spectrum that you're dealing with and have had to deal with it. Um, cause it could be very easy for you to just cut her off and be like, deuces, I'm out of here. Kind of like she did to you growing up. Right. But 
it sounds like you're you've taken the high road and you still want her in your life Mm -hmm. so you're not going to do that and maybe maybe there's hope for her that one day she'll kind of look internal and you know I went through 16 years of depression Mm. and bipolar and eating disorders and um, I hated everybody I was so mean and so miserable and I had the mentality of Oh, must be nice. Must be nice. You know, I remember when I turned 29 and I lived in LA, it must be nice to be married and must be nice to have the beautiful. And it was like, that's all I kept attracting because that's all I was thinking about. And I listened to the C- I used to drive around to, um, teach some lessons in LA to, I mean, you name them, I've been to their house, totally separate podcast, <laughs> but I would start, I started listening to the secret and I thought it was such bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is such bogus. Like, oh, I'm just going to think about the things that I want. And I'm like, I was so miserable though. And I didn't want to kill myself, but I wish that I didn't wake up. Hmm. And I'm like, okay, I don't want to live this way forever. And I finally at 29 was like, I need to do something. So I'm like, let me just listen to it subconsciously. Hmm. So I think when someone is severely depressed, um, until they get to that point, they don't have the capacity to realize what they're actually doing. And hundred percent, I feel I feel bad for your mom. Like yeah, that, that sucks, and I feel bad for you thinking that you have to take care of her hmm. um, because you've busted your ass to take care of yourself. But yeah. it sounds like you're blessed enough to help her too, and maybe maybe one day she'll look in the mirror and be like, "This is all me. This is my responsibility. This is yeah, my parents left, and I don't know my siblings." And like, that sucks for me. And what happened to you you is not your fault, but what you do with it is your responsibility. And she hasn't taken responsibility for it yet. Yeah. And that was also her choice. Correct. She left her family. Oh, she left her family. They didn't leave her. Got it. So. Okay. And yeah, everything you're saying is obviously spot on. Um, But yeah, I struggle with, I I just feel bad for you. Yeah. And you know, my friends are always like, you can't just live your, you can't let someone emotionally speak to you Mm -hmm. like that or treat you like that. Like your mom just isn't supposed to just not answer your phone call for two weeks right? because she didn't like, you know, something. How do you deal with that? So what, if there's, you're going to have so many people that are going to reach out because they're in the same boat. Yeah. And they're probably embarrassed at 14, 15, 16 years old. I mean, mm. I have a lot of young listeners because yeah. um, that's where it starts. This is where our emotional, you know, attachment or detachment sure. starts. So what would you tell somebody listening that's struggling with their own parents and, and how they're not getting that um, love and, and getting what a parent should give? It's difficult if you know that it's wrong. Mm-hmm. It's I, I wouldn't ever say like, oh, my upbringing was hard or that because it's all that I know. But then when you go and you talk to someone else and then you talk to someone else, someone else, someone else, and you realize that it, you're just kind of like the outlier, mm-hmm. it's very isolating. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people will say, oh, I feel so bad for you. How do you do that? Like, um, you know, and it's great to feel that maybe connection, but then you go and you live your life, you just move, you know, you move on and you have to deal with it. And mm-hmm. these people aren't dealing with it. They don't know. And I would, if I could give any advice, I don't know if I did it right, but at the end of the day, 
they are your parents and they deserve you know they did a lot for you right. i'm sure maybe they didn't maybe they did but they deserve love from you but you don't need to change yourself or change your life for that mm-hmm. person they are your parent they brought you into this world right but it's your life and it's your <clears throat> choices and it's you it, you can be whoever you choose to be I, i'm very big on like you don't have to repeat the cycle yeah right yeah so like i think about my mom leaving her family and i'm petrified to have children of my own because i'm like i'm gonna maybe that's in me mm. like i see a little bit of myself in her where like if someone screws me right. over right i have zero problem cutting them off yeah i don't like uh I'm sure you saw publicly when I went through that breakup. I gave zero fucks. If you do me wrong, I truly don't care. And people ask me all the time, how do you, how are you so unemotional about it? How are you so like, and I learned this, I guess, from my mom. You can just cut people off. You don't have to speak to anyone. And is that good? Is that bad? I don't know. It's helped me in a lot of shitty situations. Just, I can very easily separate emotion from fact fact yeah um so i don't know if that gives any like like advice or anything to someone going through it um i would just say like to always remember that it's it's your life like at the end of the day maybe this is wrong (laughs) you got to take care of yourself Mm -hmm. you got to figure out how you're going to succeed in life, whatever that vision of success means for 100%. you, because no one is going to do shit for you. And yep. if you don't have supportive parents, not that I didn't have supportive parents, but if you've got some weird dynamic there, like I didn't sit once and cry about it. Not that I didn't sit once and cry about it. I had to have people tell me, mm. whoa, why are you not, you don't want to jump off a bridge? Like, wait, why, what? I didn't once think about it. I just kept moving. Mm-hmm. Don't know if that's the best advice because I'm 30 years old and still a little fucked up about it. We all are still fucked up. You're not the only one. You're not the only one. But I I think the point is that your life is your life. Mm -hmm. And this is a really morbid thought, but I think about it all the time. I'm like, you come into this world alone, you're going out alone. Mm -hmm. And if you're not happy with who you are, if you can't look in the mirror at the end of the day and be like, I liked today. Today was a good day. And that doesn't happen every day, granted. But I live so many years not feeling that way that if if you can't say that if you can't do that then you need to start doing all the work like a guy's not going to make you happy a job is not going to make you happy winning you know 200 million dollars is not going to make you happy like all of that means nothing and that was the biggest draw I had to you last year I made a list of people that I want to interview in my life and you were on the list because I saw you go from like 1100 followers to I don't even know where you are now it doesn't matter that part didn't matter. What mattered to me is I felt like there was this tough girl exterior mm-hmm. and you went through something pretty traumatic. I mean, literally not having a mother be a mother is a big fucking deal, but you made it work and you're making it work, but you're also dealing with the ramifications still. It's yeah. not like you're like, oh, I've dealt with all the emotions and I'm through it and I'm over it. No, you're still in it and you're open about it. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was like, I want to talk to you because I think there's more to GB Clark than your fucking, you know, products, right? Sure. There's your life. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like the one thing every human has in common is emotion, the emotional connection. We all pain is pain. Grief is grief. You know, sadness is sadness. 
different things cause it for different human beings, but the emotion is the exact same thing. So if we can start to connect to each other on an emotional level Mm -hmm. and make it okay to talk about because Mm -hmm. it's life, then the more, especially after a year like 2020, when uh, more people killed themselves last year than ever in history, if we can talk about that and make it okay to talk about and figure out, okay, what works for Gretchen? What works for Megan? What works, you know, take little bits and pieces from our lives and, and expose that and say, this is what I've been through. This is what I'm going through. This is how I made it work. Like, that's why I wanted you on. Um, so now you, and, and we're going to kind of loop back to your mom. I want to <laughs> leave that for a second, <laughs> but I think that's huge. I think, yeah. you know, we look at you and it's like, you're gorgeous. You've got this and that. And, th- and it's like, okay, but I've got this that you don't really know about mm. and I'm still dealing with it. Mm-hmm. And if I call my mom at nine o'clock, she answers on the second ring. Like, Oh my God, are you okay? Yeah. You don't have that. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. That does suck. Um, and I think it's also okay. You know, you, you mentioned whether you think this is right or wrong, you just kind of move forward. I think it's important because you're going to have women that are not like you at all mm-hmm. you're going to have women that dwell in that and that are really really sad and I just want to say like that's okay too yeah but you have to at some point pick yourself up if you stay in that poor me that negative space it's going to spiral you're going to get into it so um you're going to make me cry now um <laughs> I'm a crier yeah oh god I yeah. cry every day so mad <laughs> just over stupid shit but every day <laughs> that's okay Let's fast forward. So you're, you graduate college. You did graduate, did you? Uh, yeah. Yep, I did. Barely. Like, barely. Um, you graduate college and you, how did you end up in Atlanta again? You got a. So I, my last um, semester, I studied abroad in Australia. Okay, that's right. And when I was in Australia, I got hospitalized mm. because the food over here is shit and the food in Australia is like very natural. So I had like a stomach ulcer sort of situation. So when they hospitalize you in Australia and they see that you're an American, they just, you know, kill your wallet. Yeah. So it was like six, seven grand. And that's about all that I had left, you know, like in my life savings. And I am someone who all that you have is your life savings. I don't have some, you know, extra thing. So anyway, so I came back to America with $13 in my bank account. And thank God I had a boyfriend at the time because I moved in with him in Charlotte. Okay. And I just started interviewing, got declined 50 million (laughs) times, and then finally, you know, got a job where I was for five years. Okay. But um, in sales. And then they just promoted me to come open up the Atlanta office. Okay. So that's how I got here. What What kind of sales were you in? Staffing and recruiting. Got it. Grind. Grit. Oh, my God. See, this 17 world, hour like, days really oh god it was amazing i know nothing I about, so are you at a desk all day like no okay you, you're so, out and about so you start as a recruiter so you're talking to like clients on the phone like okay. software developers android developers got it and then you hopefully i wanted to be an outside sales so i'm out meeting with like ceos vps mm. of bank of america of wells fargo all these like super smart people i'm dumb as rocks but i'm super street smart <laughs> yeah. and i can like i think i'm a good like convincer i can sell something clearly yeah so i'm just like what's up and um yeah yeah, oh, it's grit grind. Like, yeah, yeah. And people just say no. Like, people laugh in your face all day long. You're like, sweet, bye. Did you just get a high from that job? Oh, my gosh. High. Like, I get, like, pumped talking about it. Like, I yeah. was in that office at 7 a.m. And then you take clients out to dinner or to baseball games. You're right. trying to get them, like, earn their business, right? right. So, 
anyway, then they promoted me to come open up the office in Atlanta. So I came down here and I was a sales manager. How long have you been here then? Um, like four years, five years, four, you're, you're three. Thir- are you 30? Yep. You just had your 30th, right? Yep. So you graduated. I moved 22, here in 2016. 20- okay. So at the end of, yeah, four years. 2016 was such a good year. I don't was know. It? I always remember 2016. Yeah. It's like when I got the sculpt house job. Yeah. That's I when bought- I got moose. Really? Yep. It, it is a good year. That's when I got Nola. Okay, so you moved to Atlanta. How, did you know anyone? Were any no. of your friends from college here? Or no. Just... Nope. I moved with my ex. Okay. He moved down here with me, um, and then I brought my team down here. Okay. Like, I built, you know, a really small team to come down to Atlanta with yep. me, so I knew them, and then hired, you know, from there. Got it. Got it. And then that's the job you had leading up until last year, um, correct? No. So, I did staffing and recruiting for five years okay you get burnout real quick right so i left i quit and went to adp for a year it was a really dumb decision as in well it wasn't dumb it turned out to be perfect and everything's meant to be and whatever um it was a stupid financial decision i was sitting real pretty Mm. and then i i wanted to get back into sales i didn't want to be a sales manager anymore it was draining um so and then, you know, I did that. And then I started my Instagram at the same time. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and uh, then that just blew up and I like tripled my income from ADP. So I was like, peace, dude. Wow. Out. Wow. So. Okay. So your Instagram blows up. You're, yep. you're at <clears throat> ADP. And then 2020 hits. <clears throat> Actually, so I, uh, my, I started my Instagram in February, like Valentine's Day yeah. of 2020. Really? So then it was like. Not started my Instagram. Well, started, you started yeah, your... Yeah, I like, did yeah, my yeah, first yeah. makeup tutorial yeah. um, on Valentine's Day night <laughs> when I was going out with my girlfriend. Were you single? single. Okay. I was so I was single. Like, yeah. So single. Yeah. And then um, literally, what, three weeks later, the pandemic. Right. Came. It was right. amazing. And so, then I didn't quit ADP until September. Okay. So I did it for a long time, both. Okay. So for those of you that don't know, um, I'll, I'll try to... I mean, I'm going to let you tell... You can say what you are. She's a fucking influencer. I hate that word so much. Me I'm too. Sorry. sorry. No offense. No, you're No, fine. I hate it. I'm hate like, it. listen, if you have one follower, you're an influencer. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're influential. 100%. We all are. If you walk down the street, you're an influencer. <laughs> you just happen to make a, a decent living doing yeah, it. Yeah. And, and you just get paid for it. Yeah. So tell us about last year. Hey, like, were you <clears throat> always into makeup and hair? All this... So, well, not really hair so much. No, Even not though the your hair. hair's your hair's on point. <laughs> My hair's fake. Jay so Gold, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, so I've always been into skincare. Okay. I just spit. I'm pretty sure. I'm That's why we've got these little these little <laughs> things. You're fine. Um, I've always been into skincare. I've yeah. actually been somewhat blessed with good skin. Yeah. My mom has good skin. So um, hey, I, she did something right there. She did. Yeah. Thanks, Ma. <laughs> um, so I. I've always been just like intrigued about it. I love makeup. I like, I've never been the best at it. I've never been the best at any of that kind of stuff. I just really love it. Okay. And so people would, you know, ask me all the time. Yeah. What is, what are you doing to your skin? What is that foundation? What is that? What is that? So people ask ask about my clothes and stuff. Not, I don't know any shit about fashion. I don't know anything about Vogue. I've never picked up a Vogue, but uh, people just liked my shit. So I was like, I'm going to make some money off this. So then you just start posting stories. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, I feel like when you started last year you really were at like 11 or 1200 um it was it was like 1500 okay yeah. okay and the my whole purpose behind it honestly was i saw all these motherfuckers sorry mm-hmm. to say that um and they were pushing tula and they were pushing mm. skinny tea and they were pushing all the same shit 
And I was like, that is so, like, does anybody, does, do people see through this? Like, mm-hmm. do people actually yeah. buy Tula? Like, did what? And it was just a joke to me. And I was like, if that, if she can do it, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do something different. I'm just going to be honest about it. And I'm going to tell you all the shit that I don't like. Yeah. And people respected that. So, yeah. anyway. Well, I think the biggest thing is, like, we all know that bloggers and influencers you get paid you get paid to do it right mm-hmm. so of course you're gonna say good things mm-hmm. so i like when you come on you're like this product shit I'm yeah like, okay note to self yeah but you're also funny so you um i think the the genuine the authentic quality and and that is more so than what you have to say about a product yeah 100, um, yeah 100 but last year and okay so that's what you do that's uh-huh. not who you are but last year you kind of opened up a little bit about dealing with anxiety yeah and I was like well that's interesting I wonder Mm -hmm. where that comes from and we talked a little bit about this before I always like to do kind of a pre-interview just to make sure somebody's like (laughs) ready to talk about it well no it's it's okay (laughs) if you're not together I just want to make sure like people aren't going to come on here and just like talk random shit and like say stories that aren't really true you know whatever yeah (laughs) um but we we talked a little bit about your anxiety Uh and it it I'm like, do you know where that comes from? And you're like, I don't. And then we talked a little bit more and you're like, oh, I think you're spot on. Why don't you become a therapist? I'm like, fuck no, I'm not going (laughs) back to school. Like this is my degree right here. So have you thought any more about what we talked about and like whether that might be actual, you know, valid points? Um, yeah, yeah, I've definitely thought about it. I felt like it was so therapeutic. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, maybe I do need to talk about this with someone. Well, here you uh, are. This here is I am. It. This, this is, is it. I'll pay you. No. Um, I don't, yeah. I mean, I, I just don't know. Not that I don't know where it comes from, mm-hmm. but just, you know, the backstory that we talked about. Yep. When I was in seventh, I think it was like seventh or eighth grade, you know, after my parents said they were getting divorced, I went to the doctor, the doctor sits you down, they're like small talking bullshitting with you. Hey, how's it going? And I just start crying because I cry every day and I'm like, oh, whatever. And my, the doctor was like, oh my gosh, like what's wrong? And I was like, I don't know. I'm just crying. I just leave me alone. Like, <laughs> you're asking very pressing. How are your parents? And I'm like starting to cry because I'm like, oh, they just told yeah. me I was getting. To, they were getting divorced. Like, like, I don't know. I'm, not so good. It's actually. not, not great. Yeah. Like, thanks a lot. And um, then they were like, oh, well, you're depressed. And they put uh. me on anti-depression medication. They put my brother on anti-depression medication. He tried to kill himself a couple times, <sighs> and I took it one day and didn't speak for 48 hours, and I just dumped him down the toilet. Mm-hmm. I was like okay like Mm -hmm. this is not for me and so I've always been a little um like scared I guess of doctors therapists I just feel like someone's gonna tell me that something is like more wrong than what's actually wrong yeah and I'm like I'm good like I don't want to so anyway I have you know I wouldn't say it's crippling anxiety but I'll like be driving down the street and like have to pull over and like hysterically cry for a couple minutes and then I just you know move on what kind of sets you off (sighs) what do you think about I the most like in that moment when you're like I have to pull over like yeah, you remember yeah. like that last yeah. thought so uh the last time it happened to me was I was going I drove home to yes um, I remember that to home for Christmas which took how many hours 19 oh. 16 on the way back I made time Jeez. so a long time but I wanted to drive with my dogs my two dogs yeah. are my everything yeah. they're like my work my, my career and my dogs are and most important things in yeah. my life, right? So I was um, I was actually going to fly home for Thanksgiving, and mm-hmm. then I was going to come back, and then I was going to drive home for like three weeks with my dogs okay. so they could be up there. But in order to fly, I have yeah. to leave my dogs. Yeah. And 
for some odd reason, the last thought was just leaving them. Mm. And I think they're a little bit like my security blanket. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh my God. And I just, I lost it. I, I really... I, this is at Thanksgiving. <clears throat> yeah, this is okay. like a day before my flight. Oh, you booked the flight. Everything was <clears throat> everything good. Everything was good everything to go. Was good to and go. I was just like, sorry, I can't. And I, this is actually an odd point, but I called my mom and mm. I told her. And it was the first time I can ever remember in my life where my mom was like, it's okay. I totally understand. Really? And your feelings are very valid. Really? And I, I get it. Do what you need to do. And it. It almost took like a turn in my head. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, a week later, she stopped talking to me for two <laughs> weeks because I fucking said something. So who knows? But you know what I mean? It was, it was really, but for I, a split rem- second. I remember it. Yeah. And I was, I told all my friends, I immediately called all my best friends Aww. and I was like, oh my God, my mom, like su- support, not that she doesn't support me, but she uh, related, related. Yeah. And it would like, I felt. I felt like a daughter. Yeah. I felt comforted. I felt um, like taken care of almost. And I think I've just spent like my whole entire life just taking, I just take care of myself. Right. just, you have to, like, you can't just fucking, what what was I supposed to do? Right. You know what I mean? So in that moment, I felt like, like a little kid, Mm -hmm. like a little, you know, anyway, it was cool. So in a moment where you're like so sad about not being able to, go home and like having to stay here yeah it was actually okay because your mom could relate like she showed compassion Uh for something that you were going through which is what it's all about once we understand other people yeah we can show them compassion and grace and like then we stop judging so much right so so you stay here for thanksgiving and then you know cancel your flight thing 2020 was nice because you could cancel a flight and get your money yeah, back exactly so i was like, like uh, get your money back. <laughs> um and then christmas comes along uh-huh and had you already planned to drive home at that point yeah okay yeah that was like the the thing yeah um and then i drove home and it was you know yeah it was it was fine it a lot of um i don't know if we're, are we go yeah we're going yes. anywhere go, but go um you know my friends are asking, oh, how is she? Like, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. And, um, it's, you stayed with her. Yeah. So I, so my dad lives, my dad's remarried. Yep. Love my stepmom. Mm-hmm. And she has a, uh, my stepsister's, uh, 16. Okay. And so they live in a house and there's, there's just not a lot of room. Right. And so my mom has, you know, she lives alone. So there's mm-hmm. more room mm-hmm. for me to stay. Uh, so I stayed with her, but I would go over to my dad's, you know, every day that he wasn't working. And yeah. it was, um yeah it was it was it was it was was fine you know my my friends would text me and be like hey ash you know and it was it's just just my mom to sum her up like just uh difficult yeah just you know if you don't say there it's like walking on eggshells right walking on eggshells around your mom is weird yeah you know trying to you know I want to talk, I want to talk about, I want to, I want to talk about my career. I want to talk about what's going on in my life. And, you know, she wants to talk about how she can't afford anything and how this, and it's very difficult to sit there and be like, oh, well, I just did this awesome thing in my career and I just made this and this and. Yeah. So there's not, there's nothing to talk about. Yeah. I just make myself small Mm. and that gives me anxiety, I think, to like be a different person, to like, to you know just i'm like this isn't me this isn't right. 
organic. This isn't, uh, it's like forced. Yeah. And yeah. So you feel like you're basically pretending to be someone else underneath your own mother's roof. Yeah. And honestly, when I was home, I think I've just grown a lot as a person, especially mm -hmm. in 2020 and especially honestly with my Instagram, yeah. because I get so much praise for being me, mm -hmm. which is very, not that that's rare, but it's, people are shocked. Yeah. It feels like when I'm so confident and I'm so just like, you know, when like you do something every day yep. and it's not shocking to you, but then right. you share it with the world and it is shocking because yeah. it's not the norm. That has been very powerful to like my life. Yep. Like my, I always say this, but like my followers, my Facebook group, all of that has like, they have changed my life more than I have changed theirs probably because speaking about myself and what I think all that has just made it like more powerful and made me want to keep going. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think maybe I have shared things and they with, you know, maybe let's just say my family right. and they haven't they necessarily been like, wow, yeah. like keep, it's more like, oh, well, I wish I could do that. Right. I don't, I don't have the guts to be in sales and make that much money. And it's like, yep. okay. Yep. You're like, and, 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 and conversation and is over and we're done <laughs> and, we're, and done. we're done. So I want to go back to one thing about the crippling anxiety you have you had about leaving your dogs it mm. physically was just about leaving them correct mm. or was there other stuff i think i don't know yeah. like i think you know i'm petrified to go to therapy my friends tell me i should go all the time and i just don't i really think that my that there's even that there's more to my feelings and more to my past you know mm -hmm. that i just truly black out and don't want to talk about because it mean like I don't want to face that shit yeah. because I never have. And it, it I'm doing okay without it. You right. know, like, right. yeah, do I have to pull over on the side of the road and hysterically cry for a couple minutes? Sure. But to me, I'm just like, ah, oh, fuck it. Like, that's a big, that's like, not a big deal. Put your big pants on. Right. Like, let's go. Right. So, uh, well, yeah, you, I'm sure there was more. You mentioned something when we spoke originally about, um, like you would, you, you'll drive to the, the gym and like have to turn around and cancel your class because you're afraid of your house burning down or something happening, yes. happening to your dogs. And I kind of made this like, you know, random thought that like, Hey, I wonder if you've never had something love you so much that the way that you feel about your dogs, you've never had someone feel that way about you. So you almost put yourself in your dog's shoes. Like mom's gone out of the house and what do we do without her? Because you've had to live that way without your mom. So I'm wondering if that's like maybe a little bit of, of the anxiety is it's like a, a, this role reversal. And yes, anyone that's like, Oh, they're just dogs. Like don't talk to me because my dog is my like, life. Like I literally, <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten through yeah. the past two years without her. <laughs> yeah. um, but I'm wondering if the the anxiety <clears throat> comes from the one thing that you have control in your emotional life uh -huh. is the love for these dogs. Yeah. And losing that is the biggest fear, which anxiety is fear. Yep. Um, losing them is like this crippling thought that, and, and you've never had to deal with it before because mm -hmm. you always just push through, push through, push through, and it goes away. But these dogs are going to be with you for a very long time. Like, that's not going to go away. Yeah. 
It's almost like they're like my, when you're saying that, I'm thinking like, it's like they're my vulnerability. Mm -hmm. They're the only thing that can be taken away from me Mm -hmm. that I would care about. Right. You know? Right. Where I think like, I hate, I hate like uh, talking and feeling like you're like bragging, you know? But I feel like I've made it through my life with people leaving and people saying that they've never been proud of you and people... You know, uh, I've, you know, I've, I've had that happen and I've just gotten through it. Yeah. This is something where like those dogs are my everything. Yeah. And a lot of people don't get it and that's totally normal. Yeah. Um, but I just feel like it's my trigger point. Yeah. And there's, with, with, if something, you know, you say you can like cut somebody out and leave them and it's not a big deal, but like with the dogs, like when they leave us, like, that's it. That's final, right? So it's such a, it's such a final moment that it will probably happen. It will eventually, (laughs) right? Never. But, like, they're going to be, like, 29, you know? Like, they're going to be pushing 30. Yeah. Um, 30. Yeah. 30. So how, um, like, is that pretty much the only time that you feel that, that kind of anxious feeling is with the dogs? So no, no. Okay. Because... I get random, like, I wouldn't call them a panic attack, but just, like, heart. Palpitations. Tight chest Mm. um, at night. At night? Yes. The only, so, in, when, if I have to pull over. Yeah. That's almost always by my dogs. I'm like, holy fuck, I've got to turn around and go. You see Gretchen on the side of the road. (laughs) (laughs) You know it's just about the dogs. She's fine. She's She's fine. fine. She's fine. She'll get through. She's fine. Uh, She's got to go home. Um. I don't know what it is at night, but there is some, it like happens around like 1130 Mm. and I just get like, and it, you know, it probably only happens like once every two months, Yeah. but I have no idea what it is. And I just breathe and literally like my dogs are, you know, 95 pounds each and I pull them up on me and they're like a weighted blanket and I just stare at the ceiling and I breathe and it goes away. Mm -hmm. Most, I mean, it obviously goes away. Uh, it doesn't hurt stop hurting till it right. stops or only hurts till it stops um but i don't know i haven't yet figured out what that's triggered from mm. because it's been at all different times it actually happened the first night that my ex-boyfriend slept over at my house so you know should have seen a red flag there <laughs> but really didn't <laughs> just my my friends make fun of me for I, it all the time i feel like <laughs> i need to have you back for like a, a, the follow-up <laughs> episode about all that jesus oh my gosh well that's that's interesting but i think um being aware that that it's happening and knowing like what you need to do is Mm -hmm. the most important thing yeah totally like i know and i can feel it coming yeah and i'm like okay here we go right (laughs) but you also aren't like i think a lot of times when that sort of because i've had anxiety and and panic attacks and it's like you have to just prepare yourself for it and almost not like push it away like you have to let it happen so I, I was saying this about the depression, like I will let myself cry and I'll give myself a time period mm. and then I will move on mm. um, and, and find something else to do and physically change my environment, like literally get out of my room and go somewhere new. Yeah. So finding something to do, but also like being okay that you're going to go through some of this stuff. Yeah. Because I think we all want to fight these feelings and these emotions, mm-hmm. which you can only fight them for so long. They're yeah. going to come up. <laughs> yeah. They might not come up until you're in your 50s and then, you you know, you pass on this shit to your kids. <laughs> yeah. and then, here we go again. Sorry. The cycle continues. <laughs> yeah. But it sounds like just being aware that it's happening and knowing yeah. what you need to 
do to get through till mm-hmm. midnight is yeah. a huge step. Yeah. And I'm, I'll, I'll get there. Yeah. I mean, I'll eventually. You're exploring. Yeah. Yeah. But. But you're also the type of person that's like, go, 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 go. And. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not like a, when, when something like really shitty happens in my life. Yeah. I don't. Uh, Dwell. Again, when I tell someone else what happened, they're like, oh my God, are you kidding? <laughs> and I'm like, what? It wasn't that bad. Who cares? Like, we'll just move on. So my anxiety is probably worse than yeah. what I think it is. But to me, I'm just like, eh, like whatever. I'll right. through it. Right. I'll just right. get up. Yeah. I think it's important, too. Like, people go through, you know, when I tell my story and, like, I was so embarrassed at first because I've never been through anything, like, super traumatic. I yeah. had parents that loved me. We had decent money. Like, yeah. no one did anything to me when I was a kid. Yeah. But here I was mm-hmm. so awful for so many years. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, it's going to happen. It's yeah. going to, and you don't know what's going to trigger it. And small little things that you've gone through yeah. as a kid, even though they're not like in my eyes, yeah. a big deal. Yeah. It's still a big deal. Yeah. It's still going to affect you. Like I, when I was hiring people yeah. for my, like a salesperson, my biggest thing was, Hey, what have you been through in your life? Mm. And like, tell me about it. And then I would be like, and then I stopped myself. Cause I was like, well, I haven't been through anything mm-hmm. like, you know, and I, I'm just a go-getter because I'm a go-getter. Like, I just have grit and grind because of that. And then all my friends would be like, like, hello? <laughs> like, open your eyes. But it's like subconsciously, though, you, yeah. were, you were relating. I don't, yeah. I don't think you knew about it. Yeah. It's you're so like, friggin' weird, man. Yeah. When you start being like, oh. Like, my friend Amanda, she's she's kind of like you. She's a very, yeah. like, therapeutic. She can, like, think shit. Uh-huh. And she's like, Gretch, this is why you do. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. like it is crazy when you start to like connect pieces uh-huh. you're like it's your subconscious doing this and this and you're it like it really is oh, yeah that it. like intuitiveness you're like could this be why and then you're like yep uh-huh. that's actually yeah. actually spot on that's it yeah yeah so what are your biggest goals for 2021 i have some financial goals i have like a you know, a s- investment goal. And okay. I would like to buy my Range Rover that I keep dwelling go. on. Um, I would really... So, I know followers don't mean anything, mm-hmm. but I think that I have created something maybe a little bit different in my Instagram that's yeah. very, like, personable. And it's authentic. And it's very... Like, I love my... Fo- like, I am excited. I talk to other influencers and they're like, oh my God, my followers are so annoying. Right, they're so right. this, blah, blah, blah. I love my... Fo- you know what I mean? Yeah. They're amazing. And so I would really love to grow that. You know, I have like a... I have on my vision board like 50,000. Yeah. That would be really exciting. Um, but it's... That's not like the... Like you said, if you have one... You could impact yeah. someone with one follower 100%. or 50. Yep. So... That would be really cool. But um, I also have on my vision board to go to a therapist. Oh, so if you do want to go well, to it's one. Well, it's been on a, I make okay. a vision board every year, and it's been on one for six years. So, you know, maybe mm. we'll cross it off. Maybe we won't. Probably should. Here's the one thing I'll say about <laughs> the therapy thing. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to, well, first of all, I think there's two things. Some people are like, oh, I'm going to go see my therapist, and it's like this thing that like, yeah. It's like the cool thing now. Yeah. Oh, which is so, it just annoys me. Yeah. But I will say, um, give it a second. Don't be afraid to see like one or two or three different people. It's a fucking process. It's annoying because you got to tell your story. You got to talk about it, but you will find somebody that you crave to go see. 
eventually. So my fear mm-hmm. is that I'm, I don't want to tell these people my story. Why? I don't, because I don't want to talk about it okay. in that, in a, in a therapeutical, I just have this, is that a word? I just have this vision that someone's going to be like, you, just like that doctor when I was mm-hmm. in the seventh grade, you're depressed. And then did that. And then I have that, that someone's just going to, you know, psychoanalyze you yeah, and, then, and like, be like, and put tell you in me, a box. Well, no, that they're going to tell me that I'm, that something's really wrong. Like, mm. and I just, I've gone through my whole life and I've, I've been good just dealing with it on my own where I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's yeah. like, I don't want someone to tell me that it's worse than it is. And that's my fear is that someone's not going to be like, okay, like, yeah, that's all right. Yeah. If you just did this and this, I, I have a fear that someone's mm-hmm. going to know every single thing about me. And they're going to be like, bitch, like you need some help. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I don't, that's when you say, well, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. And I pay and $600 if, an hour. If you're going to tell me <laughs> that there's something wrong with me, I'm going to see the next person. Yeah. Cause her job is not to say whether you're wrong or right. Their yeah. job is to be like, okay, let's explore why you feel this way. Yeah. So that we can feel better. That's mm-hmm. it. That's yeah. a, that's really what you should look for yeah. in a therapist. So I feel like I am like just, you know, somewhat messed up. Yeah. <laughs> like we, everyone is. We all are. And um, do I want to face it? I don't know. But I think you take care of yourself. It sounds like you have a really good mm-hmm. support group. Yeah. Great group of friends. Yeah. Um, I know that you work out a lot, mm-hmm. which is huge for yes. your mental health. Yes. Um, what are some other things that, that are like Gretchen care? Yeah. So if I like go down a rabbit hole like yeah. I do every time during the holidays, yeah. I eat like a monster. <laughs> the drinking, honestly, like it, if I'm drinking every day or I'm not, it doesn't. I'm like, I swear alcohol doesn't affect me like that. It's weird. You don't um, drink like, you said the other day, you right. don't drink like a bottle of no, wine exactly. a day. No, exactly. I just like alcohol, alcohol and I like to drink all day. I like right. Baileys in my coffee, like yeah. whatever. Um, but if I eat really, like I spiral yep. in like a, it's like I don't sleep. Yep. So then I'm tired, I'm irritable, I'm anxious, I'm everything. But when I'm eating really clean, it's like like in January I did that reset. Yeah. I felt incredible. I didn't have any anxiety. I yep. was just moving and grooving. Um, I am big and this is really vain, but if I look like trash mm-hmm. for too long, it starts to like like you know, you know, we've been working from home. Right. Some days you just got to get dressed. Yeah. You got to get out of the sweatpants, yeah. even if you're changing the sweatpants. Right. And they're like fancy sweatpants. <laughs> I have 7,500 pairs of fucking sweatpants. And I'm sure everyone does after the pandemic. Like my top sellers yeah. as an are, are fucking sweatpants. <laughs> I'm like, what are we doing? Hashtag 2020. Ooh, 2020. So anyway, um, that helps. Yeah. Like your mental yeah. state of 100%. just get it together a yeah. little. Put on some makeup for nobody. Like yeah. your neighbors, you know, just... Yeah do it i feel like when you're when you're feeling your best you uh-huh. also outwardly look your best sure again in an in a yes that sounds vain but mm-hmm. like i'm going through the same thing right now i'm on day like 30 whatever 32 of not drinking and wow. i feel so fucking clear <laughs> i wake yeah. up before my alarm like yeah. i feel so good yeah and like over the holidays i also i get really depressed when i come back oh my god i had the same 
I bawled my eyes out. We oh. did. When I walked in that door, yes. I was like, I have zero purpose in Me life. Me too. I felt the same way. And like, I am really close to my parents. So yeah. leaving them is very yeah. difficult for me. Yeah. And I remember when you were doing the January thing, I'm like, I, I felt internally judging myself because I'm like, I should do that. Uh-huh. But I wasn't ready. Yeah. You know? And I was like, well, I waited until my birthday month and yeah. didn't drink on my birthday for the first time since I was like 15. Yeah. I don't know. You know? <laughs> so I think that's, that's huge yeah. though. It's, it's like the, what we're doing with our body, the people that we're surrounding ourselves with, what we're putting in our body. Yeah. I think call that my my pyramid and uh-huh. when one part oh. of that triangle or one part of that pyramid collapses everything collapses so true wow. so Never when i was like that. 27 like i was i don't know 25 pounds lighter and i nice. looked the part and i was in the lifeguard you know swimsuit yeah. on the beaches of la but i was so miserable when i would go home alone that it mm. didn't matter like yeah. your physical being means nothing yeah without this without your mental health so that's huge <laughs> Yeah. It's huge. And a hundred percent about the mental yeah. thing. Like if you don't, people ask me, how are you so confident? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I just say that I am. Yeah. Like I, every day look in the mirror. I'm like, you're a badass bitch. Yeah. You can influence people's lives. You have purpose. Like you are meant to do something greater than even what you're doing right now. Like just go fucking do it. Yeah. And it's not easy. Like I don't wake up every right. day and I'm like, oh, I'm the shit. <laughs> but I tell myself anyway so it, that's very good for my anxiety yeah is like absolutely you, purpose purpose like finding purpose but is, also oh God. creating habits like you sure. do this every day you sure. are manifesting every sure. day whether you you know truly believe it or not just saying it over and over and over mm-hmm. eventually you will believe it and mm-hmm. it will happen yep but when you're in a really dark place it's hard to like believe that that will ever happen that's mm-hmm. what i like the, the whole secret thing i practiced a yeah. little bit of it and things started happening. I'm like, holy fuck, this works. That's scary. Yeah. Because everything I've ever wanted mm-hmm. could happen, which yeah. is also a terrifying, terrifying yeah. thought. But I think just, um, you know, the the whole, I think you're spot on with everything. And I, I'm excited for you because I feel like you're, you're just getting to that like stage. And there's something that you're going to, you're going to vent. You're going to text me one day and be like, I found my therapist. Things We're are not. happening. <laughs> this is this is happening. Um, so you've got your your professional goals, therapy goals for the year, yep. maybe, maybe, maybe next year, whatever. Um, what else? What else are your is on your list for this year? Um, I so new skin. Yep. The you know it's an um, skincare brand. I have a really large team mm-hmm. on that, and I have some you know pretty hefty goals just with that in general. Yeah. But. I would like to, um, I want to, with new skin, I want a free trip to Hawaii. There you go. Um, I'm going to take my dad. Oh. So my dad, and nobody didn't talk about my dad. My dad's like, my dad's the shit. Is he? He's, he's like my rock. We've become extremely close over like the past five years. But you weren't so, really that close to them growing would, up because he's, he's super busy. He was yeah, super I mean, busy. His firefighter works, right. you know, 48 hour right. shifts. Right. So it was, yeah. you know, get home at 7am, go to sleep sort of thing. Are you pretty similar so, to your dad? Um, Kind of like the... Uh, yeah. So I get my work ethic from my dad. Mm-hmm. Like he is a retired firefighter and he works probably 70 hours a week. Oh, wow. Like uh, he loves to work. He loves to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get my like soft, mm-hmm. like I am exactly what you said, hard ass <laughs> interior and I am a puddle of mud on yeah. the inside and that's him. And also we both can't um, handle compliments. Like uh... when someone compliments me, I just start crying. Yeah. And he's the same way. Like if, if you know and the words i'm proud of you are really triggering to me Uh um because of 
obvious. Yeah. So when Rewind my dad, 45 minutes ago, yeah. <laughs> my dad, uh, he tells me like every single day, I'm so proud of you. I love yeah. you so much. Like he is over the top. And I, I think I get my over the top love from him. God, we need more men like that ah, in the world. He's such a jolly man. Right, I right. love him. Oh, I would love to meet him one day, but yeah. you've gotten closer over the past few years. Yeah. It's just been like, a. You know, when I moved down to Coastal, he he drove with me down there. Mm-hmm. He made sure that I was all set. And I think he feels, you know, a lot of, not a lot of guilt, but he, he feels, after this conversation, we talked right, about this before, right. that we had at Christmas this time when I kind of told him some details about my past that he right. didn't know about. Right. Now he feels very, he checks in on me mm-hmm. every single mm-hmm. day, you know, almost and like multiple times a day. That's the whole point. Like people don't know if you don't tell yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right? So yeah. I'm glad that you, you guys had that that chat and that talk. And um, do you think he feels, like, did you ever, have you ever talked about like your parents' relationship or like why the divorce happened or anything like that? Have you really emotionally connected to him about your past or has it mostly been about kind of what's going on now into the future? It's kind of, that's a good question. It's more of what's going on right now. Okay. Because I was just sharing some frustrations that it's just like nothing's changed. Right. Um, so it's like we could talk about the past, but right. it's the same as the future. Right. Or the same as the present. The present, so, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you're very right. And if you don't tell people, they don't know. Yeah, they don't know. Yeah. So, well, I am... I'm, really incredibly grateful that you came on and that you're so open um and that you shared your story and that there's more to you than this person we see on instagram and that you're a legit human who you know you fucking busted your ass (laughs) since you were young and you've made a life for yourself and either we can choose to play the victim forever or we can look in the mirror and be like okay you have to do this it's your responsibility if you want to be happy if you want a good life if you want to be successful it is on you and really like it's kind of a tough love mentality but Mm -hmm. that's what has worked for me um but until people are ready to to look at themselves and and kind of take that all in they're going to stay the same so you got to give tough love to yourself. hundred percent. hundred percent. Where can we find you? Um, at GB Clark. <laughs> <laughs> My motto is don't be a dick. Don't so be a dick. Everyone, you know, yeah. take today and don't yeah. be a dick. Listen, 2020 was an <laughs> awful year, but the thing is like, it was awful for everybody and nobody's yeah. more important than anyone else. Yeah. So if you're a dick to everybody, like you're going to attract dicks, <laughs> not the good kind. <laughs> not the good kind. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So GB Clark on Instagram, you are episode 24 of the Six Feet Above podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Six Feet Above podcast. I'm your host, Megan Armstrong. Subscribe so you never miss another episode as a new episode is released every Tuesday. And if you're enjoying the series, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. Follow the show on Instagram at Six Feet Above Podcast to keep the conversation going. And feel free to reach out to me directly at Megstagram11. This episode is a product of Audiographies, produced by Megan Armstrong and Denora Sapolia, edited by Jacob Smolian, and the music is by Keenan Willis, funded by yours truly. I'll see you next time.